Hey guys, Michael here. This is a special episode of the Michael Like Stuff podcast. As I mentioned on our last episode, I want you to check out what's going on at the Shattered Golf Collective. That's on Instagram and YouTube, at Shattered Golf. Some really cool stuff. Me and my friends, Jacob Rudolph and Devin Clark, two other Shatsters, got together after the Masters to talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, what we thought, predictions, just have a good conversation. So it's pretty short, but I wanted to put it on here so that you all could see it and connect with what's going on. Hope you enjoy it. Peace. What up? Everybody, I'm sitting here after the final round of the 2023 Masters with Jacob Rudolph, Devin Clark. We just watched John Rahm win his first Masters. Guys, what are your first impressions? How are we doing tonight? I'm doing great. That was, I was honestly one of the more fun Sundays in the Masters I've, I've watched in a while. Just having the third round wrap up early on getting a little break, kind of seeing how the third round all shook out, going into that final round. And going into it, I was like, all right, Brooks has this in the bag. He's an OE at a three, four-shot lead going into the, the final round, something crazy like that. And I was like, all right, cool, like it's it's done. And then to see all the different storylines play out in the final round, including Ra making the fiery comeback, what a, what a fun Sunday at the Masters. Yeah, I, I was loving the um, the cadence for today. Just like being able to like wake up early. I watched like the the you know remainder of the third round, like probably half of it. What what remained? Uh, like while I was just like laying in bed, I was just like, all right, I'm just gonna put it up on my phone, see how things are going. Uh, and then I got up and started you know kind of getting on with my day and turned on the rest of the third round uh, on my TV. And then as soon as that was done, I like went on a walk and kind of got through with a couple errands. And then I got back to my TV by the time the like second or third hole for the leaders was happening. So it's just like a great full day of golf. You don't always get that. And and that was a weird, you know, obviously weird circumstance for this year. But um, I really enjoyed being able to kind of lock in, see some things change early in the day with the third round finishing up, getting a little tighter on the leaderboard. And then we were locked and loaded for the rest of the day. So, Michael, what, what did you think? Um, I mean, all in all, I thought it was a really weird tournament to watch with all the delays and stop and starts. Big um, time. But I thought today paid off really well. Like you said, like I was telling Rudy this before we turned on, but just getting to have that that final group start later in the day I think like in having all that golf before that really made for some good viewing um, and getting to sort of really soak it in on a Sunday looks beautiful out there. Uh, so, I mean, I thought it was awesome. Uh, anytime we see a live guy cough up a lead on Sunday of a major championship, what more could you ask for? Uh, but, you know, honestly, props to Kepka. Like after watching full swing, I honestly thought this guy is toast. Like his mental state is just not there. And he really showed out. And like, I know he was three over in the final round on a Sunday, 
But I think all in all for Kepka, you walk away feeling pretty good about things that you came to a major championship. You competed well, you carried the lead for multiple days. You fell short at the end, but all, all things considered, you got to be feeling good about that, right? I mean, especially after, yeah, all the st- all the drama, the the Netflix stuff that I feel like kind of pushed his public perception a little bit more negative than it already kind of was to some. I think he kind of started to rebound before the live stuff, and then it kind of went downhill again. But I mean, yeah, he talked about it a lot, like coming back from injury and being able to compete like that. I think is is huge for him. And, and honestly, like while I'm obviously not a fan of the live, I think at least three of us here can can kind of have that same feelings. Like I think it does make a more interesting product in the majors having some of that live versus PGA rivalry. Um, and it made for extra drama built into it, which, you know, in today's age of Netflix documentary type stuff, like the drama makes it more fun. It's, it's way more uh, enjoyable to watch. So uh, I, I had that thought kind of like earlier in the round as things were developing with, with, Kepka, you know, potentially slipping away. It was like, ah, oh, he's, he's kind of losing it. I was like, this honestly is really, really good for the game of golf overall. Um, I don't know if it's good for Liv. I don't know if it's good for the PGA Tour. Uh, that's really not the angle that I'm playing here. But like, just like the background of like those two tours kind of like coming into conversation with one another. It's really interesting because like Kepka has the potential to be like a villain, like a super villain at this point. And to be honest, I'm, I'm really proud and like impressed by like, it seemed like he was really classy and like, you know, came to the end and like really just shook his hand. He had a great interview with um, Amanda Renner. And so, you know, really, you know, props to Brooks on how he handled things, but I almost kind of wish that he was a little spicier and like a little like, man, I really got to go get this thing or like I'm really upset with myself or there's like get add some fuel to it. Because like I think that right there was a preview, hopefully, of what's going to come in the three next majors this year. And it's like if Brooks is going to be a guy who's in there, Phil, we'll get to Phil here in a little bit. I'm sure, you know, Patrick Reed, like if those guys are going to be there, like it's fun. It's potentially a really exciting time. Like you were saying, Rudy, it'll be like, okay, like we've got a narrative here that we can like really get excited about when the majors roll around. My general take when it comes to the live stuff right now is yes, it's more exciting. Yes. It adds some great storylines. Golf needs storylines for just casuals viewers. Like Madeline watched full swing and she's like asking me like, Oh, he's a live guy, right? He's a live guy. Right. You know? And so like, just having that extra tie-in to know more about people's backstories is helpful. But my general take right now is like the PGA guys need to stop talking so much and start playing better golf. Like Rory is on still on campaigning against Liv. Like that's done. You need to get out there. You need to start winning tournaments. You need to be winning majors. Can't come out post a plus five after two days and go home. That's just not getting it done. Like the PGA guys that the PGA, they can't say they have the best golfers this weekend. They've got the winner, but three out of the top five guys are live guys. So the PGA has got to actually start grinding it out, playing golf, stop getting in press conferences and talking mess about the live tour. I mean, really, I I think the three big PGA like heroes from the last few years have been Rory, 
Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, and only one of them made the cut. And I will say, obviously, Spieth had great day today. Really, I continues to have a great career at the Masters with, you know, a lot of heartbreak in there as well. But uh, yeah, it's 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 kind of a weird look from the PGA, especially starting starting this year of like, man, like the live guys like kind of consistently outperformed some of the PGA guys, especially the big, big names we have from the PGA. Um, so yeah, that's a good, it's good, good call up there, Michael. I appreciate that. It was an interesting, you know, thing that in multiple group threads and texts that I'm in or Twitter or wherever, everyone's like, you know, well, you know, the, the live guys can't, you know, show up after 54 holes. You know, that's the, the, the big joke about how they're three round events over there. But the reality is, they showed up in a way that a lot of PGA tour guys did not Like you said, Michael, with Rory not showing up to the tournament really at all. Um, you know, and some live guys struggled too. Um, I, I think really at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's a lot more evenly matched than we expect. Um, and I think the PGA tour should be really, really grateful that Spieth was kind of flashing a little bit there at the end, like making things a little interesting. You know, a guy like Russell Hen- Henley is like, not the name that you expect to be out there as the tour. You're probably not like, that's our boy. But in a day like today, you're like, okay, you know, we still got some guys that are showing up. up. And so, um, yeah, I think, I think that's going to be something to kind of keep our eyes on as we're heading uh, towards the next major um, here in a month or two. Yeah. So one thing I want to pivot to is let's talk about John Rom for a second, because I don't want to get lost in the weeds without giving him his due. Dude is an absolute grinder. And got out there this weekend in all sorts of crazy weather, a lot of which Kepka didn't even have to play in when he was taking his lead. And he's relentless. He's a relentless, consistent golfer. And I feel like I'm growing to actually like John Rahm. I think for a while I was like, yeah, he's good, but I'm not a fan. Like, I don't know if it was because he's Spanish or what. Like, I just tend to root for the guys with the U.S. flags next to their names. But... I don't know. Did your perception change about John Rahm with this win? I'll go first. Uh, no, but that's mostly because I have been a Rom fan <laughs> and not, not the most like ardent, like this is my guy kind of fan, but like he is, you know, I, I've enjoyed his, like his candor and his, his kind of spiciness. Um, and you're right. Like he, he's, He's the buoy, you know, he's the unsinkable player. Um, and he showed that this weekend. Uh, but for me, he was one of my picks this week. Like he was someone who I expected to be out there. Um, not to change the subject at all. Like, like for me, it was actually kind of the opposite with Scheffler. Scheffler's been the guy I've been kind of cool on. And and so seeing him struggle is actually kind of gonna make me, you know, maybe root for him a little bit more in the next couple majors. But, you know, for me, Rom has been someone who I knew had the ability. And so seeing him do it this week like kind of just more confirmed it for me, but I, I, I've always been a little bit higher on rum than, than some other people, I think, in, in at least in our circles, Rudy, what about you? Yeah. I, I didn't have my perception changed a ton. I've, I think like looking back specifically today and then like the Genesis open, like when Rom is on fire, that is some fun golf to watch. Like he just makes it look so simple. Um, just watching his his confidence, especially over putts, I feel like he just always looks so steady over a putt. Um, 
but yeah, I, I don't think my perception changed on him much. I, I've, I've always been a fan, not always, but you know, the last couple of years been a fan of his, um, something that I heard earlier today that I think is really cool. That I wanted to mention while we were on here. So obviously like coming from Spain, one of his big heroes is Sebi, um, Balestreros or however you buy I don't know. The two L's in Spanish. I'm not very proficient, uh, but Sebi, um, one in 1980, 1983 in the Masters. Um, birthday is today, April 9th. And when they're assigning out the numbers for the Masters this year, John Rom got 49, 49 April 9th. Kind of one of those crazy, like, universe type moments that's like, whoa, like, that's, I, I love when stuff like that happens in sports, those little tiny little details that align perfectly. Um, and it just made it almost made it seem so obvious that like once you see all that played out, oh, of course Ram is going to win today. It's a really really cool thing. I uh, love love to see when like you get that callback to someone's hero, um, especially in like a a sports scenario. It's a really cool thing. Yeah, I mean, Ram. I think he we have to go in and and he has been favored in a lot of majors recently, but the fact that he came through in one, I mean, I really feel like. It's him and Scotty at the top of the game right now, and then it's everybody else. That's really what I feel. Uh, I I know we've been putting Rory in that, but Rory he's gotta he's gotta prove that to me again because I just I just can't get there with him right now. It feels like it's really Scotty, Rom, and everybody else right now. One thing I, I want like to talk. Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead, ahead, Devin. No, I was okay. going to change the subject. No, I was just going to say real quick on the Rory thing. I think for him. A lot of times it comes down to the the course fit. Um, like if he has history there, if he has confidence there, um, if it fits his game, which for him it's it's you know, I can I bomb it? Um, can I run the ball up a little bit more? Um, so I mean, I think Rory's going to be right there in the in the um, in the the Open this year, the British Open. Um, but like the masters has just shown time and time again, especially in the first couple rounds, like he has to be playing truly his best golf and it's just, is not great for him. So for him to get to the career grand slam, like it's going to be, it's going to have to take literally four days of him locked in playing his best golf and then getting some breaks because he's just like, for whatever reason, you know, he's got the game, he's got the short game. He's got like, you know, it feels like he's got it, but Maybe it's it's you know more undulating courses like uneven lies that he struggles with. It doesn't seem like that, but for whatever reason, uh, it, it may just be in his head. Um, and so I agree. I think it's Scotty and, and Rom right now. Um, Scotty kind of cooled off this week, which I think I I, I personally was like he's got to regress the mean in some way. I don't think he's going to cool off and be like a non-factor in all majors this year. I think he's going to be there at, at all three of the next ones and make the cut probably. It's hard to say, obviously, but like, I, I don't think he's going to be a, a non-factor. I don't think, I think this week was just one of those weeks where it's like, yeah, that you're going to kind of fall off a little bit and then you'll come back. Um, but Rom, um, you know, him and Scotty are, are, are going to be probably one of each guy is my, my guess for the rest of the year. Here's my take. One of either of those two guys will top five in every major the rest of the year. That doesn't seem like a hot take, but I mean, that's, that's something that, that we can keep our eyes on. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Um, next thing I want to talk about, we had two guys, Spieth and Phil, both putting up a sick number today. And 
I kind of feel like if you're rooting for Spieth, you probably don't like Phil. And if you're rooting for Phil, you probably don't care for Spieth. And so it's like these two guys who both have fans putting up these crazy low numbers, really putting themselves into contention. And we've got two guys that I think we probably would fall. I think we're pro speed. I think this is where it's okay to say this is a pro speed podcast. Yeah. Or the, whatever, the this, whatever this is conversation. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't know. What did you guys think about watching Phil and speed put up those numbers today? I will say too, also the two lowest numbers for today's round, 65 and 66. I think the closest, the closest besides that, Sahith had a 67 and then a couple 68s. But I mean, yeah, the two two lowest scores of the day. Um, and obviously, like I think for me, kind of you kind of hit it on the head, like, like love seeing speed roar back, but kind of had some of that, like, oh, I really hope Phil misses this putt kind of energy, but that villain, but once again, I, I like we talked about earlier, I think that's kind of good for the game. I think it provides that drama, that storyline. And regardless of how you feel about Phil Mickelson, like the feat that he achieved today to go that low at his age, at the, you know, probably more lax competition golf he's been playing the last couple of years as, as a part of live like that's crazy impressive. It just goes to show like how, how much of a benefit you get by playing at Augusta year after year, after year, after year, like he has, like he just knows that course, like the back of his hand and can take advantage of it on a day like today where greens were soft, pretty receptive, but the weather was good. It was a little bit windier today, I think, than it has been in the last few days. But, like, Phil's played there a lot. He knows how to handle that. He knows these pin positions well. So, very impressive feat, regardless of how you feel about him. Yeah, I think Phil will be one of the less present live golfers in the rest of the majors. Um, I think you're right. Like, it, like it's just a great historic kind of fit um, for for. Phil to be at the masters, to be at Augusta. He knows it well, he plays it well. Um, so yeah, I think it's just kind of one of those things where, um, he and Spieth, I think in the same way, like we're just very comfortable. Um, they were freed up kind of like Rory last year. Like, like I, when he actually made the cut and he's like, Oh, I can just go out there and just try to shoot a number. Um, but this year it got them a little bit closer because there was just a little bit more, um, you know, Rom didn't completely run away with it until the last like probably five holes or so. Uh, and he didn't even run away with it anymore, just kind of like shirted up as, as Brooks kind of cooled off. Um, but to put themselves out there, you know, I wish that, that they had more holes. They just kind of ran out of holes out there uh, because like they were both playing great. And I'm not like someone who's like, man, I really wanted Phil to be there. I didn't want him to be there. But I, he kind of lands in that same kind of villain category potentially as, as Brooks does to say like, you know, that was interesting. Like I, I kind of liked him being there just for the conversation, just for the intrigue. Um, but I don't expect that to happen um, at the next few majors, but we'll see. He might surprise us. He said he's really confident in his game right now. So we're going to have to see. What's crazy about Spieth too, is he put up a 66 with three bogeys on the day. Yeah. Like it, that could have been a much, much lower number. Yeah. Uh, that That's, that's wild. I, I'd take a peek at a scorecard because I can't remember exactly, but yeah, that's it's a crazy score for the day. I was saying as he was kind of coming through Amen Corner, I was like, he's still got two par fives left. Like he could get to nine, and he was close. He he got to seven and he bogeyed eighteen. So like if he had not gone way left, you know, it was a great effort on eighteen. But I think he was just pushing, you know, the the limits there. 
um, I think he had the chance to post a, a number that would have made even Rom, you know, kind of notice. But as soon as he dropped off and then Phil posted eight under, I think that was a different, you know, moment for the the, the two leaders to say like, okay, eight, I don't think I'm going to go that low, even though Kepka did. Um, but, you know, the two of them both kind of seeing that, I think if nine had come in or 10, it would have gotten really interesting, but it was still obviously great, great to watch. Klinger, yeah. your thoughts? I mean, one thing I think about a lot when I'm watching golf is there are guys I'm rooting against, like Phil, at this point. I used to root for Phil. Don't anymore. But it's a very unfulfilling thing to root against someone in golf. Like, rooting, for, I'm rooting for someone to miss this like four foot putt for why just so that they'll like fall one stroke down a in, for in sure. the leaderboard. Like, yeah, I, it's just like, I, I'm not going to stop doing it, but it's unfulfilling. So I, I would like to find another way to watch golf. Like one thing I love about golf is Rom wins. Everyone there is cheering for him. There's nobody, nobody like, oh man, I was kind of pulling for Kepka, So I'm not going to acknowledge this feat that John Rom just had by winning the Masters. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I just feel so strange rooting against people in golf because, like, it's it's just unfulfilling. Like rooting against someone in in a, in a team sport is exhilarating and fun because um, I'm like I'm rooting for my team, rooting against you. But like in golf, it's like I'm rooting against you, but like what you do out there really has nothing to do with the guy I'm rooting for. I just want you to mess up. You know, I don't want my guy to crush you. I just want you to mess up so he wins. Like, I don't know. It's kind of a, it's kind of a soft take, but rooting against people in golf, not that fun. Um, that's kind of my, my view. One thing I want to talk about uh, we need to get to is Sam Bennett. Low amateur. Did he just have three great rounds, or is this a guy we're going to be hearing a lot from for the next 10 years? I, I think he's going to be um, a name that we're going to follow for the next five years. Uh, you know, I think we saw guys like Spieth, uh, you know, guys like uh, Morikawa, um, you know, guys coming out hot, even even Homa to a point. I think Homa is like just now kind of getting to that that point where it's like, OK, no, like he's like a real factor. and We've been kind of waiting on it. You know, and Homa took a different path kind of through some other things. But um Oh, sorry. My neighbor just brought me cupcakes. Oh, nice. Um, and so, um, anyways, I think Bennett is is going to be one of those like kind of next generation guys because I don't know who's like the, the next generation right now. Like, I don't know who the young like Sahith. You know, he had a great week this week. Like, you know, love seeing that. Um, Cam Young, uh, rookie of the year two years ago now, I think. And, and so he was there. And so, but I don't know after that, like who, who are the names that we're kind of like waiting for to jump onto the scene? Um, I think Bennett is going to be one that we're going to be hopefully paying attention to because he was a, a thrill to watch. His, his swing is fun. Um, he's he's a, a little unorthodox kind of style of play. So um, I, I hope, I hope that he's going to be there, but it's so hard to say, um, you know, to see guys coming all the way through college to, you know, how do they get exemption on the tour? Do they go through the corn ferry? Do they come in first place in their college, you know, uh, exemption there? So there's a lot of paths that we still have to kind of watch him take to get there, but it looks like he's got the game for it. You know, he played uh, head to head against Homa and, and, and Scotty for the first two days. 
Um, so we'll see. I'm excited to see where that goes. What about you, Rudy? Yeah, I think the next year is kind of pivotal on what happens for him going through. Like you said, like what is his journey to going pro look like? Um, is he able to take advantage of some sponsorships and, you know, get, I obviously like he shot two rounds of 68 at the masters. Like he's got great fundamentals, but like, can he get some, some more coaching and whatnot to like really take him to that next level? Cause I, I think, like you said, like he could be one of those next big young guys that's, that's coming out. But I mean, regardless of where it goes through, like, I, I feel like this is an amateur story. Like there's not many amateur stories out of the masters that kind of like hold history. And I feel like this is one of those that, that will, like, I feel like we'll talk about this amateur performance at the masters for a long time. And like, kind of have, he's the, he's the new like point of reference of like, this is what it looks like to come out and just destroy it as an amateur. Like he was in the final pairing in the third round. Granted a little bit of an asterisk there. Cause we were still doing groups of three during the third round, just with time constraints and all that. But still he was in the final pairing. Like that's amazing. You can't take that away from him that he, he played no. himself in that position. Yeah, a- absolutely. Absolutely. He played great. I hope to see him succeed. Um, it's, it'll also be kind of funny just to like have him show up on the screen and in the back of my head, I just think Dabo Sweeney every time I see him on the screen, I will say though, if he does continue to be a big factor and play a lot, really hope he speeds up that pre-shot routine. Cause whew, that is, it, it, it just feels like you're like being pranked, like with a loop video or something like, Oh, it's about, to, Oh, it's not. Oh, it's about. So that, that's, that's my only complaint. It feels a little, I just feel anxious watching him. It's like, dude, just swing, just swing. But, you know. It's working for him. He had a quote this week that I really liked. Um, Something about, I've never had like the best swing. I don't have the best swing in college. I don't have the best swing out here uh, this weekend. But the game's called golf, not best swing. And I do play really good golf. So let that be a lesson for all of you people out there who all, you your friends are constantly telling you your swing's ugly, but you keep winning. Don't change a thing. Now, I don't do either of those, so maybe I should take a take a hard, long, hard look in the mirror or on video at my swing more. But I thought that was a, a nice takeaway. We've got about seven minutes left. I want us to give some predictions for the rest of the majors. Uh, and you know, what was your favorite moment this weekend? Could be anything. Hmm. I'm trying to think of a favorite moment. Um, it's, it, everything was so scattered this week that it's like really hard to like, remember what day was what (laughs) and like what it was happening, uh, as, as things were kind of coming down at you. But, um, I think for me, like like Stetson Bennett, I'm sorry, as I'm going to call him for the rest of his career. <laughs> um, well, if if Stetson Bennett gets in the NFL, and then I'll maybe remember his name. Um, but anyways, the 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 two Bennett's of, of our generation, um, that was that was fun. Like I think that will to me be like the highlight of things because um, there were there were no big shots. You know, unfortunately, Tiger. You know was limping pretty hard. I was proud of him for making the cut. You know, that was great. And then the WD, I think he still gets credit for the cut, you know, made there. So I don't think that that takes away any of his, of his record. Um, But I think Sam just being present and going up, you know, head to head against Scheffler, uh, that's going to be the thing that sticks out to me. Sorry. That's that, that's not exciting or new, but that that was my favorite moment. Uh, I'll think about majors, but Rudy, anything from you? Favorite moment. 
Yeah, it is kind of funny to try to recall everything because it was kind of messy there with like we kind of played the third round today and then there was some second round stuff yesterday, right? Yeah. Too? Like they finished the second round on Saturday morning. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I think for me, I think – I don't know. One that just sticks out, and obviously this is recency bias, but um, I, I just really liked seeing the reception that Sam Bennett got walking up the 18th green today. I think, you know, he he talked a lot of like not like arrogantly, but he talked a lot of like I was like, yeah, I, I feel like I'm in a position to go after this green jacket. There's a lot of confidence with it, and had a had a rough day. Came up short, and I, you could tell like he was frustrated himself, which I think that shows like the heart of a true competitor you know, knowing that like he probably shouldn't have been there and still was like frustrated at himself. I would have been like, Hey, I'm just fine with where I'm at. And he's beating himself up. But to see like the reaction, I felt like I could almost see a tear in his eyes. He was walking up. Um, it's gotta be such a cool thing. Uh, especially to, you know, think about the legacy that his dad left him. Um, and that story that, you know, they've, they've kind of shared uh, throughout the broadcast. I, to me, that's what's sticking out right now is him walking up on 18 and getting that reception. I think that was just a really special moment. Yeah. I don't know if I would say that this moment is my favorite because it did uh, kind of mess up the schedule and it was pretty dangerous. But the tree falling over, that was crazy, man. That's unforgettable. That's yeah. that's, that's going to be crazy. Like, remember that year where the, the yeah. pine almost killed like eight like, people, but it didn't? Yeah. It was like, it was like 20, 2023. Okay, Rom won, but what else happened? Oh, yeah, that that tree fell over. Because it was windy, and then they stopped playing, even though it, they could have played, but they couldn't have played. Like it's like they 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 stopped playing, and then it was like the next day it was a complete wash, basically. Like maybe you guys should have kept playing, but the tree thing was crazy. Um, so, uh, also, you know, fake fans. good good Friday, good Friday. Jesus crucified on a tree. A tree is the main story of the day. You know, connections. So yeah. that would be if you're, if you're uh, a real fan of the game, though, you're, you're jumping in front of that tree, taking one take, and getting getting free badges the rest of your life. I want Dude. a membership. I'm not looking for badges. I'm like, hey, I want to I, I, I want to be able to come play yeah. Augusta once you, a year. You got to take stock of what's important in that moment and maybe maybe breaking, maybe a leg, breaking an arm. It might be worth it. Worth it. You just wait until the tree falls and then you try to slide under it to make it look like it landed on you. I think that's the way to go. Um, predictions for the rest of the majors. I think uh, Devin did say, he said uh, Scheffler and Rom, one of them will be top five the rest of the way. I kind of like that. I kind of dig that. Anyone else yep. have any predictions moving forward? I uh, think Scheffler, I think Scheffler shows up and I think he wins one. I think Scheffler gets a major this year. Um, and I'm going to be bold and say, I don't think a live player will win a major this year. I think they're going to be present. I think they're going to be a threat, uh, to any leaderboard, but I'm going to go on a limb and say that none of them are going to actually win one. Um, cause I think the pressure is just going to keep building. It's going to like, people are going to look at what Brooks did and be like, man, he was right there, but he still can, you know, so I think that that storyline is going to remain. Um, I'm okay with being wrong there, but, but I don't know. I, I think that it's going to be really interesting to watch. I just made three quick predictions. Will I stick with them? I don't know. PJ championship going Scotty. I think he's going to rebound. 
pretty frustrating Masters for him, I'm sure. So it's going to rebound, play well. Uh, the U.S. Open, it's in L.A., so I'm taking the the homeboy Homa kind of in his Thanks. homeland. Um, I feel like he's really going to show out, especially after the Genesis. I feel like he feels pretty disappointed after the Genesis. I know it's not the same level compared to a major, but I feel like he's disappointed in that. It's going to come out firing. And then uh, Cam Young is going to gonna get redemption in the British Open. He's going to win it this year. I'm just riding. I'm riding hard on the Cam Young train right now. I love him. Yeah, Rudy, you took the words out of my mouth with the Homa prediction. Um, and I was like, is it the U.S. Open or the PGA Championships in California? So I Google U.S. Open 2023, and it pulls up a bowling tournament. Like, <laughs> not golf, not tennis, but bowling. So thank you for that. And clarifying that it's the U.S. Open that's in L.A., but maybe we're putting too much pressure on Homa to win this thing. Maybe it's like it's like a self-defeating thing. Like maybe he needs to now. He's now he's gonna be like, it's in. I win in California. The U.S. Opens in California. I gotta win this. He, he owns the the course record at LACC. Period. There you go. There you so go. That's, that that is the expectation. That's that's why I had that pick too here in the last couple of weeks. So yeah. There you go. All right. This has been the Shattered Golf Collective Talking Masters 2023. Congrats to John Rahm. Happy Easter to all who celebrate. Thank you, Devin and Rudy. Popping on and popping off. Catch y'all later. See y'all.